3: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card.
4: AT&T connects in old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT and i I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. AfroTech 2017. San Francisco, California. Nick Caldwell is on the stage. And he's, at the time, Vice President of Engineering at Reddit, one of the largest online community platforms and the ninth most visited website in the world. Today, Nick is a general manager at Twitter, having just recently been promoted from Vice President of Engineering at Twitter. Today's class is for engineers, Black engineers specifically, and people who are interested in Black engineering. Now, look, we sit in a lot of worthy roles at companies, both large and small in Silicon Valley and in tech startups. We can find ourselves without having to search necessarily high and low in senior roles in H.R., diversity, and inclusion, even as CEO. But one of the roles that has escaped many black professionals is the senior role in engineering. In some of the biggest tech companies around black representation is dismal among their ranks with the most well-known companies listing their black workers in single-digit percentages. So it takes a guy like Nick, who's held leadership roles at companies like I've mentioned before, but also including HubSpot, Google, and Microsoft, to drop a few gems with how we increase our numbers among engineering senior staff.
5: I want to see more black executives in Silicon Valley. I've been down here for about a year and a month. Uh, I came up through the engineering track. I have met exactly four other black VPs of engineering. Four, all right? So this is not acceptable to me. In an area where engineers rule, you guys are all engineers, right? Good, all right, where engineers rule to only have four of us representing, all right? So I'm hoping that you get something out of this talk. I'm hoping you take away something that puts you on an executive level career path. That's why I'm up here on stage today. So first I wanna talk about myself, We'll talk a little bit about ancient history. In order to become an executive, you've gotta have a deep well, a deep drive. You gotta have some, some motivation, some passion, all right? And a lot of people ask me, how did I do that? You know, Where do I get my inspiration from? So I wanna talk a little bit about myself. I promise it won't be too long. I don't have a big ego. And we'll move on to giving you guys some tips you can take home with you, all right? So first, uh, let's get started here. It comes from a very early age. Now, my mother uh, was a first-generation Jamaican immigrant, all right, <laughs> and she was a D.C. public schools teacher, all right, so you, you got some, some discipline coming out of there. My father uh, was actually a public defender, and uh, he is a very creative kind of guy. He brought home all sorts of you know calligraphy kits all listen to all sorts of different music he was in a jazz R&B really really interesting guy and one day he brought home from work uh, this thing that is a Tandy 1000 computer right it was one of the very first personal computers if you didn't know it has a 086 processor it's been upgraded to a whopping 640 kilobytes of ram and it's running MS-DOS 2.0 all right so those stats basically make it a, uh, a pocket calculator in today's terms, but this thing was great because I'd sit on my father's lap for hours typing on this thing. Not that I could type anything that made sense. It was just gibberish, but it's how we spent our time together. So my dad got me into computers. Now, a couple years later, when I was 10, my father brought me a copy of this book. All right, This is my first coding book. It's called Learn C++ in 12 easy lessons. So <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, this is an absolute goddamn lie. You cannot, you cannot learn C++ in any configuration of 12 easy lessons. And, and 25 years later, I still don't think I quite know C++. <laughs> now, the second chapter of this book, this is a real book. I'm not kidding. So the second chapter of this book, it has a, a very critical assignment in it. And I call it uh, the Hello World Test. And I think this is the simplest way to know whether or not you are going to have a successful career as a computer programmer. The uh, the idea is very simple. It's write a program that prints the words hello world on the screen, all right? And took me about a day and a half. You got to set up your tools, you got to figure out how the compiler works, you got to learn a little bit of language. It took me about a day and a half to set this up. So, the reason I think that this is the most important test for knowing whether or not you're gonna like the program is because you're either gonna think wow, I just wasted an entire afternoon trying to print like a few words on the screen or if you pass this test, you're gonna imagine everything that's possible from there. And that's, that's what happened, I passed the test, all right? Now, next up, uh, I know I look young but I'm, I'm, I'm kinda of older cat, if you don't believe me. So uh, one other thing that was going on at this time was the early internet started to become popular. You guys, maybe some of you guys my age, remember you open the mail uh, and AOL CDs start falling out? It really wanted you to get online. Uh, And I had access uh, through AOL, through bulletin board systems, uh, to the early internet. So the reason that this mattered to me is because it gave me a connection to the world beyond PG County, Maryland. And with online services, you can connect with people in ways that really just aren't possible in real life. So I'm able to have conversations on IRC, Internet Relay Chat, or AOL forums, uh, with people across the entire globe. And I used to play a computer game called Doom. Doom fans? Okay, good. <laughs> and I played that game with, online with someone I'd never met in person. So, you know... I could learn anything I wanted to on the internet, and I could uh, you know, I could use early search engines like Yahoo, if you believe it, to get way more information than I had access to uh, in school. So here I am, I've got uh, you know, a computer I fall in love with, I kind of know how to code, I've got access to the internet, but the problem is, I'm in PG County, Maryland, I'm alone, all right? I'm one of the only people in my age group to have a computer or the internet, I talked to my friends and, uh, you know, they thought computers were for nerds and they thought I was a nerd, they thought I was the biggest nerd. <laughs> and my school didn't have computer science classes, they didn't even, it just wasn't even on the radar. So my heroes at this time had become people uh, like John Carmack, the, the programmer of Doom, one of the greatest uh, game programmers ever to live, uh, Bill Gates. Uh, Trying to make PCs available uh, to every desktop and getting insanely wealthy doing it. Uh, I wanted more than anything to be a part of that world because I understood really how much change and opportunity was about to come from technology. And I also realized, unfortunately, that in PG County, Maryland, I didn't have access to the right people, the right tools, the right opportunities to get where I wanted to be. So something had to change. And uh, there's a quote that I read a couple weeks ago, and it really explains my mindset at the time. And the quote is uh, from Randy Zuckerberg. This is Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Uh, She said, work, sleep, family, fitness, friends, you get to pick three. And I said, well, I'm just going to pick one, and that's going to be work. And what I did was I decided to go all in on computer programming. Like pretty much dropped all my hobbies, used to play a musical instrument, used to go outside, play football, basketball, all gone. Locked myself in my room, did nothing but coding for three months straight, and it became a gateway to another world. After I learned to code, I was able to study hard and transfer into a different school that had a computer science program, and it really set me on the path to where I am today. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about my whole academic career. I think that uh, I think it would take a little bit too long. But I do want to I do want to talk about a few special turning points uh, in my career. I will say the first one was where I decided to work after I graduated from college, uh, and this was back in 2002. So a lot of people ask me like, Hey, why didn't you go and join uh, Google? or Facebook back in 2002. You'd be a multimillionaire now. Well, you know, okay, that's true. But, but in my defense, Microsoft for me was a good place because it was, an, it was a more established company back then. And um, you know, for me at that time, I just graduated from MIT. I had like crazy amounts of money to pay off of my student loans and I was looking for something stable. So when you come to Silicon Valley, Uh, you're really taking a kind of risk. You're really falling into a world where people say things like, fail fast, it'll be okay. Come work for a 25-year-old CEO with no college degree but a vision to change the world. That's insane to me, and it was insane to me at the time. And I decided that 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 risk, that ability to take that sort of risk was a privilege that I just didn't have. I didn't think I had it, I had that student loan debt, I wanted that to get paid off. I wanted to help my parents pay their bills, I wanted to get a car, you know? So it wasn't until I really had a safety net of professional skills and network, uh, you know, that I was able to consider Silicon Valley and, and end up here with you guys today. So I started my career at Microsoft. I'm not going to talk about the whole thing. It's going to take too long. But I'm going to talk about three important moments, important to me. First one, I want to talk about the day that I learned the difference between uh, leadership uh, and management. So. I start Microsoft, I've got uh, uh, about three years into my career, uh, and they promote me into a management position. And uh, Microsoft's a big company. It's living up to its reputation as being extremely slow moving. Some of you guys may have worked in kind of a waterfall development model. I don't know if you remember that. But it was taking like literally months or years to plan new products. Uh, So one day, I just found myself totally pissed off. I was in a rage. I kicked the door into my, uh, my mentor's office, and his name was Ravi. Uh, and I just unloaded a bunch of complaints on him. I was, you know, the PM, product managers are dumb, we're shipping stuff too slowly. I just ranted at him for like 10 minutes straight. And then, uh, you know, after I finished, he said the words that really kickstarted my management career. So I am unload on him, he, he steps back, and he says, uh, Nick, you're a great manager, and you can run the team like clockwork, but you aren't a leader at all you aren't a leader. I was like, damn, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> Cause this guy's my mentor, I've known him for five years. And he said, uh, all the things that you're complaining about right now, who do you think is responsible for fixing them? He said, are you gonna continue sitting here bitching at me <laughs> or are you going to step up and do something about it? He said,
4: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a
0: spot, but not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281
6: pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash b-e-n, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash b-e-n.
2: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
3: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com businessgoldcard.
5: And I immediately got what he was saying. I left his office. I thought for a little bit and I went to the office uh, next door, the uh, office of the general manager. And I said to him, uh, put me in charge of the product plan, things are moving too slow, I wanna be in charge, and I don't know how I said it or why this guy believed me, but he put me in charge of the product plan and I developed the roadmap that lasted this team for the next two years. So remember, leaders take responsibility for what happens next. Now, that led me to uh, a series of projects uh, around NLP and machine learning. Uh, and eventually uh, a project sponsored by uh, a guy named Bill Gates it's called Info Navigator. You can look that up, I won't describe exactly what it is, but it was a project sponsored by Bill Gates, my childhood hero. Now, one very interesting thing about this project is that it meant I had to go meet Bill Gates once a month and present to him what was going on uh, in my part of the world. So I want to talk about that because it was pretty transformative for me and uh, first i'll just say you don't just go to meet bill gates you can't just walk in his office hey bill how's it going all right uh going to him takes about a month of preparation all right uh to have an hour-long meeting takes far longer to present to to prep to talk to bill gates than it did to take to (laughs) to prep for this conference all right now finally the day comes we go to his office building he's got like a little secret elevator you have to go around back we go to the top floor, this gigantic office overlooking uh, Lake Washington. Biggest office I've ever seen. And there's Bill sitting at his desk. And he's playing solitaire, which uh, <laughs> it's a little bit stereotypical, but, you know, whatever. Uh, and I, we sit down. Presentation starts. Now, Bill Gates is in the room. My boss is in the room. Satya Nadella, who's the current CEO uh, of the company, is in the room. There's the leaders of multiple billion-dollar businesses in the room with me. And we all are just absolutely terrified because we have to present to Bill. Now, eventually my turn comes, I launch into my presentation, I got 30 minutes uh, to talk. And I observed uh, three things, all right? First, uh, Bill, he looks like a really nice guy, uh, but he curses like a sailor. Uh, but the thing is, he always attacked ideas. He never talked attacked the people in the room, all right? I thought that was really important. And then second, even the smallest words that he said carried immense weight. You know, The PMs in the room, the VPs took little notes about every little facial expression that he made and then brought it back to the teams. So I thought to myself, you know, when you're a leader, how do people interpret you? Even your smallest actions carry weight. How do people interpret what I say when I'm leading my teams? And then the final thing, uh, and probably the most important thing I took away from this, is that I was giving a presentation on a a pretty obscure topic. It was natural language interfaces to in-memory database systems, all right? So I'm I'm presenting to Bill for 30 minutes about that. He's asking me questions, Bill Gates, asking me questions about a piece of technology. And it occurred to me at that moment that even the most brilliant leaders are only as good as the people that they can get to follow them, all right? That for that moment, I was the smartest person in a room full of billionaire executives. That felt pretty good. And I think it's an important lesson for you guys as leaders, all right? Who can you get to follow you and how will you take care of them? That's what I took away from it. All right. So that's Bill. That project, InfoNav, shipped. It took us about a year and a half to ship it. Ended up uh, going really, really well. And uh, one second here. Uh, and it led me to my next career move, Reddit. So, uh, A lot of people were shocked uh, when I uh, moved to Reddit. Uh, Who here knows what Reddit is? Oh, yes. (laughs) I love black people. (laughs) I did not expect that. Uh, Excellent. So a lot of people asked me why. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Reddit uh, later. But if you didn't know what it was until now, here's some stats. Reddit's the fourth largest website in the United States, according to Alexa. It's got 325 million monthly active users. I joined because, uh, one, I love the site. I've been on it for many, many years. It reminds me of that early spirit of the internet. Uh, we've got an all-new executive team with a vision to grow the company and make it more welcoming. Uh, and then culture-wise, one thing I'm really, really proud of at Reddit is we're supporting diversity. And I'll talk about that later, uh, because we're hiring, so remember that. But here's uh, a picture of me and the executive team. Uh, first week at Reddit, me and the entire exec team presenting at Tech Inclusion. So. So that's where I'm at now. I'm having the time of my life. I wanna switch gears a little bit and talk about, I wanna talk about things that are gonna help you guys out, all right? So going back to what I said earlier, I want this talk to be useful in the sense that you guys should walk away with the tools you need to become executive leaders. All right, there we go. So I wanna give you four fast-track tips for diverse leaders. I was able to get from internship to executive level position in 12 years. There's got to be someone in this room that can beat me. All right? So I'm going to give you my secrets. Number one, I want to talk about this get comfortable being uncomfortable. What do I mean by that? Um, Now, the tech industry, you guys are, I'm sure, aware is about continuous change. I'm certain that like three JavaScript frameworks have been released while we've been in this room. and I expect you to learn them all. (laughs) You have to get in a mindset of continually growing if you're gonna be in the the tech industry. In tech, if you aren't continuously growing, trust me, uh, you're falling behind. Uh, But it doesn't just mean learning new technologies. It means trying different things, learning things outside your comfort zone. For me, this meant leaving Maryland, going to school in Boston, then Seattle, very, very far away from home, family, people like me, people like us. It meant getting an MBA while I was working full-time. It meant leaving my cushy Microsoft executive job at the height of my career and going to a little startup. Uh, You know, so every time I've gotten uncomfortable in my career, my career has taken a step forward. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Number two, this one's a little bit controversial because I'm sure people have given you opposite advice, but but hey, I'm an exec, so listen to me, all right? So the bi- one of the biggest mistakes I see people making in their career when they want to advance uh, is they take on too many mentors and not enough sponsors. And most people I talk to don't know uh, what the difference is. So a mentor is someone that you're going to go get uh, coffee with every couple of weeks. You're going to tell them your problems. They're going to give you uh, some advice. Now, a sponsor is someone who's going to give you more than advice. They're going to give you opportunities. And I've had people that I've learned from, uh, I might call a mentor, but I've never gone to anyone and say, hey, would you mentor me? But I have hundreds of times gone to people and said, take a bet on me. What do you need done? I'll do it for you. You do that, you'll find you're surrounded by opportunities all the time, all right? So don't ask for mentors. I want you to ask for opportunities, all right? Number three. I am wanna talk a little bit about bias. This is gonna be a bit of a downer because I don't actually have the solution for this, but i can get you in the right mindset. So when I talk about bias here, you may have heard unconscious bias. I'm not talking about unconscious bias. I'm talking about straight up bias because there are people in this industry who are gonna have no shame in being biased against you. I'm talking about those people. And if you're gonna be a leader, the higher that you climb, the more you're gonna get criticized. The more people can see you, the more criticism is gonna come at you. And if you're a minority or a woman, you're gonna have a, a, a unique experience in that they will criticize you before you even get off the ground. And this affects me. Uh, I'm glad you guys respect that I'm an I'm a MIT grad, a Berkeley MBA. I have built uh, product teams with hundreds of people in them. I have shipped hundreds of millions of dollars worth of software to billions of people around the world and I still get called a diversity hire. I can't imagine what boot camp grads are going through today, people who are just struggling to change careers. I don't think there's a way to beat this, but I can tell you what I do, all right? And it's a certain mindset that I know everyone in this room has, and it's very simple, it's called hustle. So I don't know how, I think there's gonna be bias, but hustle, which is what this whole presentation is really gonna be about. Hustle is the art and practice of finding a way to rise up through hard work, through cleverness, through persistence, through community. You can't eliminate bias, but one thing you can control is hustle. I believe firmly that hustle is gonna be the solution to overcoming bias for you. Now, that unfortunately does mean one thing. It means you're gonna to have to outwork people. But you can't. It may not be fair, but you can do it and you can control it. I know the people in this room can out-hustle the people around them. So that's my tip for you. But I don't want to leave it on a negative note, because I, I, I knew when I got into this section, I wasn't going to have the answer to how to overcome bias. But I do think I have a trick. I want to talk about that. All right. It's the last secret. Now. This is something you guys can all do today to help overcome bias, all right? So the reason I got to be an executive is not because of the code I wrote or the products I shipped. I'm telling you it is because of the people that I met along the way, all right? So that Bill Gates project that I mentioned earlier, uh, that got introduced to me by a guy uh, who uh, I met when he was an SDET, a tester on the team. Uh, My job at Reddit, I met uh, was referred to me by a guy I met ten years ago, working on some photo team at Microsoft. Just pointed out there was an opportunity and recommended it for me. So, I have two favors to ask from everybody in this room if you believe what I just said. First one, I want you to look to your left, look to your right, do it. I ain't lying. Do it. Come on. I want you to make friends with the people next to you. All right. Because I guarantee you that this room contains future leaders. <laughs> Man, don't don't try and get her a number. <laughs> We're talking about leadership here.
4: <laughs> Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities.
0: But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque.
3: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com strategic. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
4: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything AT&T.
5: So first make friends with the people next to you there are you there are future leaders in this room I guarantee you second agree to help each other out just do those two things and I believe that we can change now in the long run just remember your network is gonna be the most powerful way to advance your career. All right, now, those, those are my tips. I wanna switch gears a little bit and talk about Reddit if that's cool with you guys uh, because it is one of my favorite topics. Now, you guys know what Reddit is. Reddit is the front page of the internet. By the way, the reason I'm leading into this, yes, this is gonna be a hiring pitch. I have to hire 50 people next year. Anyone looking for a job, this is what you're... Yes, okay, here we go. This is gonna be worthwhile. All right, yes, all right. So Reddit, front page of the internet, uh, it is a social network where there are tens of thousands of active communities about any topic you can imagine, and we think those are the most passionate communities anywhere on the internet. Um, Now, here are the numbers again, Uh, fourth largest site uh, in the world according to Alexa, 320 million MAU, 1.1 million communities, one million posts per day, five million comments a day, 75 million votes per day, a lot of activity. What is that, the most interesting stat is this one, it's uh, engagement, so if you look, these are all the top sites in the United States, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, Amazon, Yahoo. Metric next to that is daily time on site. So, eight minutes for Google, nine minutes for Facebook, 15 minutes and 50 seconds for Reddit. It is one of the stickiest sites on the internet. People ask very frequently why that is, so I'll talk about that. Reddit has a lot of unique things that we do. It has anonymous accounts. You can go on Reddit without real, revealing your real identity. We have tons of unique communities about passionate topics with very unique rules. We've got voting that automatically selects the best content for any uh, community. And we've got this thing called the hot front page. So you can see uh, the best content across all of those million communities in one place. And you put that together with 300 million people and you get this endless stream of addictive, content it is weaponized procrastination (laughs) that is what we build at reddit all right now what are we doing with all that power (laughs) the design team love making that one uh so what are we doing with all that power that ability to bring all these active passionate communities together what are we doing well here we are all right on the uh, on the left we've got a cat fist bumping a human 817,000 views, and on the right, a cat walking a human. (laughs) Yeah, I love this, man. All right, (laughs) okay, it's not just cat pictures, I promise, there's more to it, and I'm gonna spend the next four minutes trying to convince you of that. Trust me, all right, it's not just cat pictures. So on Reddit, we have this unique formula. We think that community is greater than content, is greater than the individual, all right? And that means that three unique things happen on Reddit. First is authentic conversations, authentic dialogue. Second is lots of creative freedom and support for people who want to create content. And third is what we call empathy at scale. So I'm gonna give you a quick example of each of those. Let's, let's start with authenticity. So on Reddit there's a, a group, it's called r confession and uh, you can post secrets that if revealed would change your life forever. So let's let's get a, a, a taste of that, all right? Uh, okay, number one. Let's go. Oh. Okay, number one, from Tom Gold account, he says, I cut off all contact with everyone I know and I moved to Kenya. I tell people a fake name and a fake background, and I've made it appear to my family that I died on a boat trip in the Pacific. No, I'm not joking. I am dead in the United States. And the first reply, Tupac? (laughs) There you go. Get that on Reddit. (laughs) Now, the next one's pretty good, too. Let's look at that. Throwaway2389, uh, I once helped out a female friend's family by taking care of their cat for a week. Every day for a week, I would go over there, snoop around their house. I found my friend's diary, proceeded to read the entire thing, I used this information to get her to like me. She is currently my wife. All right? Authentic, all right? Next up, content creation. So this is an example of a Reddit thread. Uh, the, uh, it started with the, uh, with the title, uh, imagine that a time portal opened up and modern-day military hardware were transported back uh, in time to ancient Rome. And it resulted in a 30,000-comment-long thread that went on for weeks writing out that entire scenario. That, uh, that thread, that comment thread, was eventually picked up uh, by Warner Brothers and converted into a major uh, motion picture. All right? It's called Rome, Sweet Rome. All right? So content creation at scale, and now let's take a look at empathy at scale. R slash uh, assistance, empathy and support at scale. This is a community of millions of people simply connecting to offer help to each other, all right? And uh, this, li- this lady, uh, Kayla Davis, uh, on the right, she's in bed, and her kidney donor, donor Jennifer Moss, met on Reddit. She actually through a thread, she asked for a kidney and found a kidney, all right? So these are the sorts of things that happen on Reddit. We believe that individually you can create something Together, you can create something more. And if you're interested in tech jobs, I'm gonna run through that. These are all the major technical challenges we hit during this uh, year. New mod, new mod mail, new launcher profile pages, self-service ad platform, international Reddit, vid- new video platform, new search platform, new chat system, and an upcoming complete site-wide redesign uh, in the next few months. <laughs> Wait, are you applauding because the old site looked ugly or just because there's a lot of work getting done here? That's okay, old, old site's ugly, I know, I know. That's okay. Now we got a lot of uh, other challenges, product challenges as well. Uh, personalization and onboarding. Reddit is really hard to get into. It's hard to find a lot of those communities that I just described, even if you're interested in them. If you aren't on Reddit, I recommend start uh, looking for a black people Twitter. It's one of the best ones. Uh, number two, we want to make Reddit feel more welcoming. That does mean we have to redesign the site to make it more welcoming to people who've never seen it before. It also means that we have to make the site more appealing to a broader class of people, uh, not like geeky white males. Uh, And that means, uh, A, changing the types of communities we support, maybe enforcing the rules that we have uh, on the site more effectively. It also means uh, we want to have a more diverse audience. And I think that having a diverse audience nowadays Uh, means that you also have to think about who works within your company. So for Reddit, we think if we can build a diverse workforce, it will translate into a diverse, more welcoming product. So as the VP of engineering, that's a thing that I get to work on. I'm gonna end this presentation just talking a a little bit about the things uh, that we do uh, to build diverse teams. And then if there are any managers here, I hope you'll get uh, some usefulness out of that as well. All right, so why build diverse teams? firmly believe you can build uh, better products if you have more ideas uh, I believe that diverse teams are simply more fun to work in and the other thing that I like to say about uh, diverse teams because I could rattle off a lot of stats for you a lot of people get on stage and do that uh, I think building diverse teams is just the right thing to do and that's a that's a personal feeling for me all right and at Reddit we've got an opportunity to get this done on day one uh, I will tell you what we're doing and some quick advice first, We don't just have a head of diversity. We have executive level support across the board. Every executive at Reddit has KPIs associated with their own performance for building diverse teams. Number two, we don't assume by default that every diverse employee is gonna care about this topic, but we try and make resource groups that people can join and opt into so they can feel welcomed if it's something that they care about. Number three, we don't complain about the hiring pipeline, we build a better pipeline. And at Reddit, that means going to boot camps, it means going to HBCUs, and going where traditionally large companies haven't gone, we are happy to go there. And finally, I wanna talk about uh, commitment to diversity. Uh, I, was, uh, I was at a, a event the other day and, and one of the uh, diversity thought leaders got on set on stage and said, we're no longer pursuing uh, you know, racial and gender diversity. We're trying to pursue diversity of thought. Uh, they said, we don't see gender or color at this company. And I found that like really offensive. I don't know if you guys find that offensive. Yeah. OK, cool. Because like, I, I think when people say they don't see color, it means they don't see me. They don't see everything I've been through. So uh, it kind of hurt me that a diversity thought leader got up on stage and said this. So at Reddit, uh, we are trying to be intentional uh, patient we 're going to put the time in to make it uh, to make sure that this actually happens. when we say diversity we 're not talking about diversity of thought we 're talking about come work for us all right <laughs> so let 's wrap it up. Final thoughts. Uh, I spent most of my tech career in Seattle, so there was times I could go weeks without seeing another black person <laughs> and uh, I was at Microsoft and went literally years without seeing another black person in a leadership position, all right? Uh, Now, this is a photo of me the first week I moved to San Francisco with 300 other black people at a Dev Color event. This is really the first time in my 15-year career uh, that I felt welcome, that I felt like I had a home, all right? So what I want to say is that this is the first time I really feel like I've got hope, all right, that people of color in tech aren't going to be a rare commodity, uh, that we're going to start seeing more black tech execs, And now, more than ever, there's a broad awareness uh, that diversity in Silicon Valley is a problem, and there's opportunity to get the right skills uh, through boot camps to bring new people in, and secondary uh, education programs as well. And there's more and more leaders and role models emerging every single day. So I think the time is now, and I've got two calls for action. Uh, First, I do want to thank those who, for the last 10 years, have been raising awareness about Uh, you know, problems with diversity in Silicon Valley. But I do think that the time for raising awareness is past. Uh, You guys have accomplished your mission. Now awareness to me is not good enough. Now we must act. So if you're in this room and you're a leader who has the power and ability to make a difference by actually hiring someone who's diverse, please step up and do it. I think that the door is now cracked open so that we can bring in a new generation of diverse leaders. And I am asking, I'm pleading with you to help. Bring them in. And the second thing is, uh, going back to what I said earlier about not wanting to take uh, risk going to Microsoft instead of Silicon Valley, uh, turns out I was wrong. And in hindsight, I realized something very, very important ever since I came down to Silicon Valley. The thing that I realized, Silicon Valley is the biggest engine for opportunity on the face of the earth and even though there is a lot of risk the rewards are insane and maybe i should have skipped out on that microsoft uh, career my wife is like shaking her head at me (laughs) okay well i won't take it back i'll simply say (laughs) i'll simply say that for those of you who are coming from out of town For those of you who aren't in tech or maybe thinking about getting into it, I'm telling you like, yes, there will be bias, yes, there will be risk, but there will be opportunity as well. There will be opportunity for you to change your life, there will be opportunity for you to change the world. So get out here and get it.
4: Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan Debon and me, Will Lucas with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. A special thank you to Micah Davis, Jermaine Hall, and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at Afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love.